Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Talking Talkie podcast. I'm Ben Curry and today I'm joined by Nick French. Hello. And Mr Samuel Drift. Hello. Uh, today we are going to talk to you about the Scunthorpe match which happened on Saturday and it was another 1-0 victory and it keeps our slender chances of survival alive. A good result, Nick French. Well, yeah, no, an exceptional result. It's, you know, it's the dictionary definition of, of a six-pointer, wasn't it? You know, um, I think it's 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 frustrating in a way because back-to-back wins six weeks ago would probably not see us in the position we're in at the moment because we could have we could have had something to build on. But now you you know, those games come thick and fast right at the at the end of the season and without winning probably another two on the bounce, you'd have to say it's it's still unlikely. But as I think I alluded to on Saturday, the bastards always drag you back in, don't they? Just just when you think everything's done, we're dead and buried and and done and dusted, they they drag you back in. And and it was a solid performance against, you know, a, a side who we would notoriously struggle against in and around us in the table. Uh yeah, one nil was the score. Uh Two clean sheets in a row, following up our 1-0 victory over Bourne Woods uh, the Tuesday before. Lewis Collins got the goal just after the hour mark. And it seems to me like big Frank Newblades made a big difference since he came in a few games ago, Sam. 100%. Um, I think, really, we've got two players in the starting lineup who have recently brought in who, if we'd have had them six weeks earlier, I, I think we'd be... Well, we'd be in a much healthier position. Um and that's Nuble and and Dawson. Nuble's been great. He's he's so physical. And I said to someone, he could come in and not score a single goal, and he could still be the best addition because the space he will give uh, Jarvis and Collins will make the difference. You know, because you look at with with Jarvis this season, he's he's been our our only real outlet. And when you're playing him up front, defenders are just going to double up on him. You know, if you're a centre back, you're not going to focus on Tope because he's not that good whereas if you double up on Jarvis you kind of shut us out with any opportunity whereas with Nuble he's a two-man job anyway really um so he's given Jarvis that bit of extra space who of course played the ball for Collins um and I alluded to Kevin Dawson he seems like the player we've been shouting sort of screaming for all season an experienced midfielder that can do a bit of Asa Hall's running because lo and behold, Asa Hall's come back into the team and we're winning again. So we went eight disastrous games without a win, the majority of which were winnable, and we've just won our last two 1-0. Do you sense a slight change in mindset or um, maybe just now finally got the right personnel in position, Nick? I think the personnel are, are really important. I mean, Sam's spot on with his, his talk of Kevin Dawson. Dawson was, was brilliant, magnificent, and... And him and Asa do seem like a really, really useful partnership in the middle. Most, most of that being because they know their positions, they they know their craft. They're not they're not kids playing in there or people that have come out of of poor sides. You know, Asa Hall comes in and automatically straight away you see that we have a structure to our side and a structure to our play. Now. Yeah, Ace is not as young as he used to be. I don't know whether or not, you know, his injury is is as a consequence of of getting a bit older or, or whether it was a, you know, something that could have happened to him 10 years ago. But he comes in and he gives us that 
that organisation. He there's there's no there's no replacing Asa Hall. If Asa Hall's not in, you can bring Lapsley in, and he doesn't give you that same calmness on the pitch. Not necessarily calmness on the ball, but that that calm head on the pitch where you can just look around to people and either g them up a little bit or calm them down a little bit. If if Asa had been you know three or four weeks further ahead in his recovery. I don't think Lapsley gets sent off a couple of weeks ago and, and therefore misses three games. Um, so I think personnel is really key. We haven't had the right personnel, the right players in the right positions for, for quite some time. Um, whether or not it's enough at this late stage, we're going to find out in the next five days. Yeah, so we are on 37 points and the normally accepted uh, magic tally is 50 points so that's four wins and a draw in our last six games what chance percentage wise Sam do you honestly give us uh, to do that what a question um, my head says we don't my head says we've got a five percent chance but I'm I'm terrible for if there's a if there's still a bit of a chance, foolishly, I still believe that it could happen. And I think we'll know by Tuesday or Monday evening. I think we'll know if we've got a chance or if we're down. Um, let, let's be honest, we've got to win both games. You know, it's, it's all well and good saying, oh, if you don't lose certain games, but it actually it doesn't matter who we're playing. It's about getting that run together. I mean, you look like York won last night. That is massive. That that in my eyes, we probably can't catch York now. We're really. I mean, Gates had got a couple of games in hand. Uh, there's Oldershot and potentially Dorking. We are completely reliant on not only us winning, but other teams dropping points. And it, for teams like Gateshead with the games in hand, it's all well and good having those games in hand. But if we can get two wins over the over the bank holiday weekend, it puts that unbearable pressure on Gateshead to win their games in hand. So if we win the next two, I think there's a chance. If we don't win both, you know, if we draw one and win one or, or worse, then it for me it's done. We've just beaten Bournemouth, who are in the playoffs, and we've just beaten a team below us who are fighting for their lives. So that's that's two good wins. And I agree with Sam, but we have to get six points from the next two games in the next four days, um, Monday and Friday, uh, Friday and Monday. We have to, otherwise we are down. What sort of mindset would you imagine we should be going into those two matches with, uh, Nick? I mean, you, you would hope that the confidence that they've got out of the last two results would would probably dictate that they go in with the same again whatever he said to them in in the last week just you've got to keep doing it if it's the fact that you know we're all but down just go out there and salvage some pride if if that means that we can get a win on Friday then that's great because you know that third win on the spin really then not only does it it give us that confidence but it also puts pressure on those other sides ahead of us as well um I would I would agree with the, the pair of you you know as, as far as that goes we're, we're behind the eight ball in in terms of trying to get to safety we've we've got little to no hope of doing it because we've left it so late um 
the mindset that they need to to go in with is that they're professional footballers who need to salvage a bit of pride out of this season. If we end up going down on the last day against Wrexham, but they've given us a chance, then I think I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, it will be a hell of a ride until the end of the season. So that's that's the mentality that they've they've got to show is that they've got to show that they're professional footballers who have a bit of pride in their job, which is something that they haven't shown for large portions of the season, but have quite clearly shown that they have that that capability in the last week or so. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I signed out uh, after the Bromley game a few weeks ago, another two-one defeat at home. Um, I thought we were done for. And after that, we didn't win the next four games and we were, you know, just appearing going absolutely nowhere. Um, but as Sam said earlier, long as Talk United, you've always got a chance because I remember very well Ian Atkins 2006. That seemed highly improbable. We went to Carlisle, who were winning the league at that point, and, and went there and, and, and won. You know, it, it can be done. And that, that was just as much of a hopeless situation. So, I don't think we can really afford to give up hope. And uh, if we keep on winning our matches, we will end up doing it. I mean, I agree with Sam that York's win last night was a massive blow. They were a team I was targeting as catchable, and I don't think they are now. But there's still teams we can catch, and we've got to believe we can. I'd, I'd probably say that York aren't, aren't out of it as far as we're concerned, because they're eight points ahead of us. We have a game in hand and York to play at Plainmore. So... If those two things go for you, you're only two points behind them and you've still got three or four games that you can put into the equation. So they're, they, they've done themselves a hell of a favour and, and I'd suggest that's probably helped very much by the fact that Barnett stayed up in the northeast, had 120 you know, brutal minutes against Gateshead. Um, but again, you know that, that hopefully may play into our favour with the number of games that Gateshead have got to squeeze in in that you've got Gateshead, you've got Yeovil just ahead of us. And, and as you say, Dorking another point or so further ahead than that, you know, in, in normal seasons, yeah, 46 points, York, 40, or how many they've got, you, you would think that they are probably just about there. And another win will probably do them. But if, if, <laughs> that's the word, isn't it? If, if we can do something special over the next week or so, then even York won't see themselves as being safe because they'd have to win both of their games to still be that eight points clear. That's the thing. I know I keep saying it, but it just... I I love a football cliche. Every game is a complete and utter cup final now, isn't it? You know, and on Monday, I think the club are doing an initiative where if you're linked to a local sports group or something, you can come for a quid just pack it out as much as you can get as many people in that crowd just almost as a big fuck you to the owners to say that we do still care you know you probably don't Clark Osborne we know you don't give a shit but we do and we will always be here I have to say I actually felt galvanized by reading Frank Newblay's tweets and he immediately got me on side saying we can do this and, and if that's someone from the outside coming in and want to be a part of that and, and feels like he, he can do something then I feel we all owe it to those players to, to keep going and I, I haven't been to the last two home matches because I thought we were dead and buried but I'll be there on Friday shooting the boys on and until we're mathematically down I'm going to keep showing my face. Well this is it isn't it it's 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 that galvanising aspect that people like that can have. And, and I said that, you know, Nublay had had given us John Gale vibes from, from that season that, that he came in. 
And it, it very much stands to reason that if you can get everybody fighting as one and believing, then it changes the atmosphere. The atmosphere that changed when Gary Johnson first took over and everybody was pulling in the same direction. Everybody wanted the same thing. It makes such a, such a difference to the atmosphere around the ground, which can only translate itself to the players as well. I mean, I did go to the Dagenham game and actually whilst from a personal perspective that the game was horrendous, it was my daughter's first game. She really wanted to go. She wants to go again on Friday. I don't really want to go. I haven't wanted to go. I've ignored the last couple of games as much as is humanly possible, but there's just a, the, 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 just a way of drawing you in all the time. There's always something that makes you go, oh, do you know what? Go on then. I haven't quite given up. You feel like you've given up, but you haven't. And if that galvanization that, that, that New Blaze brought in and the energy that Dawson's brought in, if, if like Sam says, if we can get as many people there as possible, who knows? Football, football's a shit for that. Who knows? Anything, absolutely anything could happen over the next six weeks to the point where all these Wrexham fans who think that, you know, we should be moving the game to Ashton Gate so that they can get another 15,000 supporters in, you know, let's, let's show them what we can do. Let, let's get to that last game, need something out of it and see who's got the greater desire. I'll tell you what, on that note, I've seen a lot of the stuff about Wrexham fans. Honestly, the sense of entitlement from a club or a fan base who, let's be honest, pre-Hollywood, weren't even going to their games. I mean, the absolute cheek of it suggests that they get some more of our end. It's like, no, I genuinely feel sorry for the actual Wrexham fans who have always gone, you know, because you're, um, you're not, I won't believe for a second that, half the fans coming down will go in more than two years ago. You know, if you got, if you missed out on a ticket, unlucky. You know, I, and any Torquay fans that are offering Wrexham fans help, have a word with yourselves. Thirsty. Well, yeah, absolutely. They, they brought 162 fans down two years ago. They, they were absolutely nowhere before Hollywood took them over. And like you say, if there are Wrexham fans who genuinely, genuinely have been going for quite some time who haven't got tickets, I feel really bad for them. You know, that that is not a situation I'd like to be in, is to not be able to get into a game because there, there were another 3,000 people in the queue ahead of you and, and they got, you know, other people got tickets and I didn't. But you are where you are. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't see a situation where if there's something riding on that game, it's not on telly anyway. Because it will be, it will be a, it will end up being a twelve fifteen kickoff. They'll end up putting it on the TV because if if Wrexham have got a win to win the league or whatever, it will be it will be something that they can all watch on the telly anyway, which is pretty much how they follow their football club in the first place. Yeah, I've got, I've got bad news for Wrexham fans. There's no trees to climb up around the ground either. So if you haven't got a ticket, then you are completely screwed. So you've got no <laughs> chance. Um, I mean, I'm really hoping that, but somehow by a miracle that we've we're either relegated on that day already or we've stayed up on that day already. I, I really can't face going to the ground on that day if we need to win or get a point to stay up. I, I think the atmosphere is just going to be too much for me. I think there's going to yeah, be so many I, books of fans who travel without tickets making a, a, a noise outside. It's, it's not going to be a nice place, I don't think. Yeah, um, I, it's yeah. going to be a very surreal day regardless. I mean... 
I can I can imagine there's going to be a very heavy police presence in and around the town. Um, I think I think regardless of our situation, I think it'll be a big Torquay crowd because as horrible as it sounds, you you don't know what's going to happen next season. Do you I think? think a lot of, I just don't. I just think. I think a lot of Torquay fans would go anyway. You you often get a decent turnout on the last day. But I think if we're already down and there's a lot of Wrexham fans, it's just going to, and there's a lot of policing, it's going to turn up that atmosphere a little bit. And I think it could get quite grim in in, in a, a lot of senses. So, yeah, I, I'm not, I can't say I'm looking forward to it regardless of what the circumstances are. I think I sit in the opposite camp. I, I, if if we're down, and they've you know or, or whatever, I I I, I w- wouldn't want to go. I don't I don't want to go there to see them having a celebration, lift the lift the trophy on the pitch, or whatever you know whatever happens. I I just I just wouldn't fancy it. I wouldn't fancy the putting myself in a position where there's all of those wrecks and fans there in the first place. And as much as the club can say don't buy a, don't buy a ticket in the home section or don't don't be found in the home section. Like we've heard it all before. We've heard that they'll, they'll be kicked out, this, that, and the other. I can see half of the pop side being Wrexham fans on that day. Mm-hmm. I, I just it doesn't doesn't feel like a place that fills me with any kind of desire to to be at. Oh no, if you, you were... yeah, what, what what I'm saying is I I don't want to go to that match. So I'm hoping there's nothing riding on it. I'm hoping it's even sorted out one way or the other, so I don't have to go. But that's what I'm trying to say. You know, I wouldn't go yeah, if we were no, really relegated. I wouldn't go if we had a way survived. I, I'd let them have their day out and, and be done with it. All I'm saying is if Ben Foster goes anywhere near Playmore with a GoPro. Someone's nicking that GoPro last day, aren't they? I'm taking my stadium down. Well, last season, the highlights of Wrexham fans was nicking Sean McDonald's towel and chucking it around the away end for the entire match. That was their only enjoyment of their day out of Playmore last season. So it's going to be a bit different this season, I think. Um, I think that's quite funny, actually. I might do that in an away game one day. Want Nick the keeper's towel? Yeah, beats around a bit on the pitch, which I didn't do. Yeah. So on Friday, we've got Eastleigh at Playmore. Massive game. Do get there if you can. Even I'm going. And as I say, I've spent the last uh, two weeks uh, saying it's a wasted wasted effort. Um, do we go unchanged lineup for the third game in succession? Yeah. You've got to. Yeah, don't, don't, don't change a winning team. I yeah. think you, you, you've got you've got players who have, have proved themselves. The only the only I mean, you've got to, you've got to play the strongest possible lineup, which quite clearly has proven to be the one that's won the last two games. Um, you know, if Ace is only fit to play one of the two games, you play him in the one on Friday because the one on Monday does not matter if you don't win the one on Friday. So yeah. you, you cannot you cannot go into Friday with Monday in mind if. Acer is fit only to play a, a part on Monday. You run him into the ground as much as you know, as much as you have to on on Friday. Um, you know the, the the great thing for us is central midfield is one place where we are are not short on bodies, um, especially with Lapsley being back now as well. So, you know, if if those three midfielders can play 180 minutes, you know, across the games, then that's that's perfect. Yeah, I think it works in our favour as well to some extent that we know what we need to do. I think we know if we don't win on 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 Mon- on Friday, then that's pretty much curtains. So, as Sam said, it, it is a cup final in, in effect. 
yeah it is in there you know there's there's no there is literally at, at this point in the season and you know with the table the results there is absolutely no avoiding the fact that if you don't win one game the next is irrelevant now yeah mm. uh so news this week came out of the accounts posted on company's house and it shows that the club owners have made no headway in clearing the debt or turning the debt around. And in fact, we're, if anything, losing as much money as we ever have. And that's got to be concerning. It is. It's really concerning. Um, and I think the longer that we just hear radio silence from the owner and the board of directors, the worse, you know, they have to come out and say something. They have to come out and address that that address those the numbers that came out they have to come and say what their plans are and they have to do it urgently they ha- there's there's no it's absolutely despicable that they haven't come out and said anything all, all season you know i'm not going to get back into the playing side and the back him or sack him but this is a, a, the community's football club it is not clark osborne's to play with come out and say something and do it now yeah I, I completely agree you know the the silence speaks volumes if if that makes sense you know I think he's always been someone who aside from almost trying to piggyback on the the Ashton Gate you know moment you've heard nothing from him the, the bloke came out with a you know, five-year plan with a new stadium, with all the all the same bullshit we've heard before. Um, what what's concerning is again, like you say, don't go into the, the the playing budget and what have you. But if you are losing more money again now, what's happened with what's happened with this money with the budget? Where is where is this money this debt coming from? Because no money's been spent on the stadium. It doesn't look as if much money has been spent on the squad. You know, this money is hemorrhaging somewhere. And we need to know whether or not you're committed to backing the club for another couple of years. Uh, you know, that the accounts themselves suggest that you are willing to go into the next season, which offers absolutely no solace for, a you know, a, a fan base which has gone under an awful lot of pressure. One thing that was pointed out to me by someone um, who who's a who understands these things because I certainly don't is he said don't read too much into the next twelve months thing because in those you just have to confirm that you will run them for the next you, you know you can just keep them going for the next twelve months so that's all it's more for the football side of things obviously I'm not confident in the long run but that's not them saying so I don't know if that's them saying oh, we're only going to do it for another 12 months. But you, this is this is to... where communication comes in really handy because... And that's that's why a statement needs to be made, isn't it? That, that's why yeah. you say, look, this is what it says, but, you know, we, we've got... I mean, their five-year plan is bullshit because we're, we're past the timing of that. So let's come out and do another one if, if, if they need to or, or actually just, just talk to us. Hold a fans forum. Everyone wants one. It's amazing that they still haven't done that. The problem is yeah, that, the problem gonna... is that now too much too much time has passed, too much water is under the bridge, and there is too much animosity between the fans and the club that I don't think a fans forum would be in any way constructive at all. I, I can't see any yeah. anybody turning up at a fans forum 
to listen to what Clark Osborne's got to say. They would turn up and they would just want to give him both barrels because of the way that the club has been run over the last 18 to 24 months. It seems to me we're in a situation where we have to accept we're going to be treading water forevermore until the moment we decide it's time to drown. It does seem with every passing day that we're getting closer and closer to end of days. And we've got Sam here, who's a prominent member on the Trust, and maybe he'd like to just, uh, again, use this platform just to encourage people to join the Trust and explain what the Trust is trying to do behind the scenes. Yeah, 100%. So the main thing with the Trust is it is the largest independent body of fans. Um, If there's a worst-case scenario, we need as many fans on board as possible. Now, joining the trust is £2 a month. It's 50 pence a week. and But it's not about the money. Right now, it's about having the numbers. If you are not signed up, I urge you to as soon as possible. Whether you're for or against community ownership, whether you're for and against supporters' trusts or whatever, it, I cannot stress enough the importance to be a member it, it genuinely could be the difference between having a football club or not it really could um we'll put a link out on on you know with the podcast it's just tusk.co.uk i think it is um like i say it's two pounds a month i know times are tight for people but it's two pounds a month to help get the long-term future of your football club um i personally i'm not talking as a trust board member I personally have absolutely zero trust or faith in the ownership. That is why I am a member. If you're of the same opinion as me that, you know, maybe these owners aren't the best people to be around our football club, join up, just do it. I'm a member of the trust and I'm a member of the trust because of those, those very reasons. But I, my, so my brother is a season ticket holder at AFC Wimbledon. I've, you know, I've told people this before, um, they are an incredible club to look at when it looks at how you can run a football club. Um, I know we've got Exeter a lot closer to home, um, but but in terms of a, a community-owned, community-focused football club, they're a, a fantastic example to look at. Pete Winkleman picked up Wimbledon Football Club and moved it 80-odd miles up the road and ripped their football club away from them. Clark Osborne may not be doing the same thing geographically, but he is doing the same thing spiritually. And there, there can, I don't say there always will be, there can always be a Talk United football club in some guise, some form. The trust will pay a, play a part in that, whatever happens, because you look at football clubs that have gone to the wall, you look at Macclesfield, you look at Berry clubs like that. There are Phoenix clubs that rise. So even if the worst possible thing happens and he is there trying to fold the football club, he is only a custodian of the name. The spirit, the, the football club, the records, everything is always going to be intact because football is not run on a bank balance. It's not run on paper. Your football club's in your heart. You, you, there's, you, you cannot, there is absolutely no way of making that any different. You cannot take away the memories that over the last 30, 40 years that I've, you know, I've supported the club. Um, that you cannot take that away. That 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 is that's there forever. And in some some form, some guys, 
there's absolutely no way that, that the thousands of people who go and watch Torquay will ever have that taken away from them because he can't do that. He doesn't have the power to do that. He, he is just a custodian of the name. So join the trust and, and become a force for, for the future. Well, I've got a tear in my eye. That was uh, very well said, and I agree with every word. And I would echo that completely and beg anyone who has not joined the trust to join the trust. Let's keep the club with the fans as long as possible, to where it belongs. Right, does anyone have any other business? I don't think so. Uh, no, don't think so. And thank you very much. And we shall be at Plainmore on Friday, seeing the boys on and hoping for another win to talk about in our next podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>